Welcome to the Moses Lake Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This episode is from a recent message given by our pastor, Dennis Fountain. We hope this sermon will be an encouragement to you, and we would love to hear how God used it in your life. Well, John chapter 12, we're going to, uh, we're going to be there tonight, and let's see if we can get some slides to come up here. John chapter 12 is, uh, is where we're going to be, and I want to just give you a couple of thoughts quickly tonight that I think will be a help, and I want to challenge us with something. This morning, our challenge was don't quit. Uh, tonight, I want to challenge you with two more words, and it's don't forget. Don't quit this morning, tonight, don't forget. How many of you, you'll be honest, you'll be honest, that you struggle with forgetfulness? I mean, be honest, say that. A lot of people, a lot of people. Uh, My mom growing up, my mom growing up, and I had a picture here, but it didn't come through, but that's okay. Uh, My mom growing up, we, uh, not a picture of you, don't worry, don't worry, mom, I wouldn't do that. I don't wanna die tonight. Uh, My mom always said, I brought you into this world, son, and I can take you out. And she's right, she could. Growing up, my mom would forget everything, and really it kind of became, and still she does, and yes, it, it happens all the time, uh, and I, I've told the illustrations before. My mom, I'm, I'm not exaggerating. You can ask my dad, swallow that because you're about to spit it out, dad, when I tell you. You can ask my dad. There would be plenty of times my mom would come into a room, she would come into a room with glasses hanging from her ears, okay, a pair of glasses on her head. Am I exaggerating? And at times, listen, at times, even wearing a pair of glasses. One on her head, one on her eyes, one on her chin. Listen, I'm not exaggerating. She would walk in and she would go, has anybody seen my glasses? And... My dad and I, now, now it's just funny. Then it was like, we need to check her in somewhere. <laughs> but what dad and I would do is we'd honestly just look at each other. And as soon as we looked at each other, she would go, oh, what? What? I can't find my glasses. And then we just kind of look at each other again. And then she, then it clicked. She'd go, I'm wearing them, aren't I? (laughs) And all growing up, we called my mom Forgetful Jones. All growing up. You're like, Forgetful Jones, who's that? Sesame Street character. Every episode, this Sesame Street character forgot everything. And my mom, my sisters and I, still to this day, our family teases about Forgetful Jones. And we, man, mom, she forgot. You know what? The truth is, and I'm picking on my mom tonight because I know she'll beat me later, but the truth is, if we're honest, every one of us have some forgetful Jones moments. We all do. And we all forget things at times. Listen, we forget things at times when people say, okay, don't forget. Don't forget. Those of you that are married, oh, listen, I'm about to walk down your alley right now. Here's why. The other day, Hannah and I, she was getting things ready for the church on Friday. Friday morning, I'm leaving the house. She says to me before I leave the house, she's, and I guess I get it from you, mom. She said, I'm leaving the house. She says, hey, honey, I need the air compressor at church today. 
would you put the air compressor in my car or in the truck and, and get it to church today? I said, yes, yeah, I'll take care of that. I mean, literally, I was, can't, I was walking out the door. And she says, honey, babe, don't forget the air compressor. No problem. Two hours later, I was finishing up an appointment and I receive a phone call. It's Hannah. Hey, did you get the air compressor? How do I answer this? So I said, no, I'm an idiot. And I said, I'll... I'll get it. And I had, to, I had to drop everything, go home, and get the air compressor, bring it into church. Listen, you have stories like that. I have stories like that. Plenty of times where someone says, hey, here's what's going on now. Don't forget. Now, here's what I want to bring it down to for us tonight. In our Christian life, and as we journey forward as a church, there's a lot of things that God, through his word, says, hey, don't forget. But if we're honest, if we're honest, there's plenty of times that we just forget. And tonight, John chapter 12 is a place where I believe we find some lessons, very simple lessons, very simple truths that are healthy for us to not forget. John chapter 12, take your Bible if you would, and let's look at John chapter 12. And you don't need to stand for sake of time tonight, but I'm just going to kind of give you a little bit of background then we'll read some verses and we'll get our truths tonight. If you were to go to John chapter 12, the, we are entering, John 12 takes place, the last week of Jesus's earthly ministry, the last week of his life. It would be really John chapter 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, where Jesus gave his apostles and his disciples some of the greatest principles that direct believers today, found in John 13 through 17, and principles found in John 12. In John 12, what takes place, Jesus comes into Jerusalem for a feast, and he's greeted with the people, and all the people lay palm branches before him, and they cry out, Hosanna, blessed is the king of Israel that cometh in the name of the Lord. This is what the people, not his apostles, not his disciples, just people shouting out, Hosanna. Hey, you are, you know what? They were recognizing him as the Messiah. We celebrate this in just a few weeks. March 28th, Palm Sunday is what we celebrate. That's what Palm Sunday is based around. And on that day, uh, Lord willing, I'll be preaching a message out of John 12, specifically this verse and these passages and what it means. But this is what took place that day. John chapter 12, verse number 13, they're there. They are recognizing Jesus as the Messiah, but the Pharisees, they hated it. John 12, 19, it says this, the Pharisees, therefore, they said among themselves, perceive ye how ye prevail nothing. They're talking to each other. Man, we are, we are not going to conquer this guy. And then notice what they said, behold, the world is gone after him. Wow. Man, what a statement. The world is, the Pharisees, these are the enemies of God recognizing, man, God is doing, the world is going after him. Wow, that's a big statement. So the enemies of God are, are flaring up. The people of God are, are beginning to see him as Messiah. But it's here that Jesus, listen, it's here that Jesus begins to teach his followers some principles. There would be some Gentiles that would come to Philip and Andrew and they would say, we wanna meet with Christ. 
And Jesus would use that to begin teaching something that I think is going to help us. And it begins in verse number 23. Follow along if you would. John chapter 12, verse 23 through, through verse 33. And Jesus answered them, Philip and Andrew coming with people. Jesus answered them saying, the hour has come. The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Verily, verily, of a truth I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. He that loveth his life shall lose it, and he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. Now, my soul is is troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this cause came I unto this hour. Father, glorify thy name. Then came there a voice from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. The people, therefore, that stood by and heard it, they said that it thundered. Others said, an angel spoke to him. Jesus answered and said, this voice came not because of me, but for your sakes. Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. This he said, signifying what death he should die. It's an incredible portion of scripture. There's really so much that takes place here and we don't have time to get into everything. But I just wanna give you tonight some truths that I believe every Christian should not forget and some things that I believe every church should not forget. Lord, thank you for the night we've had already. I pray, God, that you would just help us in these next few moments to hear from you, to be challenged by your word, to be encouraged. And Lord, I pray that as we go through these thoughts tonight that you would remind us of some things that you want us to know. We love you, Lord. Thank you for loving us. Speak to our hearts now. If there's someone that's here tonight that does not know that heaven is where they would spend eternity, I pray tonight would be the night they put their faith and trust in you. We love you, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Isn't it interesting that when you and I, uh, when we begin a project, it's really easy to get excited about it, isn't it? Man, think about it. If you're, you're getting ready to build something or maybe you're a mechanic and you wanna work on something, maybe it's your hobby of painting or writing or even down to a teenager getting ready to, uh, to build some Legos or something like that. You think about it, all the time we start a lot of things, but we don't complete a lot of things. We get excited about some things. We're driven to do it. We're really motivated. We're enthusiastic about accomplishing what it is that we start. But oftentimes, if we're honest, oftentimes as time goes on and the project gets further and further and further, we lose steam. Don't you hate that? Think about how many unfinished projects you've had in your life. Think about how many unfinished projects you have right now. Now some of you are stressed. 
How many of us have a list of things that we started and we will eventually get back to it? Why is that? Why do you think that is? Why do you think that it's so easy to start a project and not complete it? Well, if you think about it, it's because we forget. What do we forget? Well, we forget how excited we were to do it. We forget what we were doing it for. We forget what the end goal was. We forget the motivation behind it. And the same is true in the Christian life and in the life of a church. There are a lot of things that we start, but we don't finish. Think about your Christian life. Think about times when you were excited about that new Bible study. Times when you were excited about that new class. Time when you were excited about that new prayer list. Or you were excited about that new endeavor. You were excited about attending church. You were excited about giving. You were excited. Well, what happened? Well, the truth is, as time goes on, sometimes that excitement dissipates. It goes away. And I want to tell you, as a follower of Jesus Christ, as well as a church planner, this principle is so true in my life. It's true in my life. When we first started the church, I mentioned it on the video this morning, I was very nervous, but I was excited head to toe. I mean, Hannah and I both, that's all we could talk about. It's all we could think about. I mean, I, I laid awake at night and got up early in the morning. And if you know me, I am not an early in the morning person. But I remember those first few months. Wow, thanks, Glenn. I said I don't like mornings. He just said he's always late for coffee. That's because Burger King has the most disgusting coffee in the world. Anyway, that's a different side note. I remember I would, those first few weeks, man, I was excited. I, w I was up. We, we lived in the basement here at the church. We lived here for... Uh, five months, babe, six months, something like that, that we lived here uh, before acquiring, getting, getting the house next door. And I remember there'd be days that I would get up and I'd be up here in the office, which was just a bunch of boxes and a desk that was in, everything else was storage. You can ask Brian and uh, where's Mike at? Ask Mike, there was, how many, I think every room we had was a storage room except for the auditorium during that time. And there was just so much stuff. And I remember every day, Getting up, getting in the office, 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock. I'd be, I'd be already in there going. And then sometimes 11 o'clock, Hannah would come and, hey, babe, are you going to, all the kids are in bed. You're going you to come, come down and eat dinner? <laughs> what time is it? Honey, it's, it's 11, 20 p.m. So, oh, man. I, and I was just so excited. You know what happens, though? That excitement begins to wane. Doesn't it happen in your life? Why? We forget. So as a pastor, as a church, what are some things we should remember? Well, I think there's some things we should remember that God points out in this, in this passage. It's very quick tonight. Number one, what should we remember? When you and I in our Christian life and in a church, we need to remember, first of all, it is all about the glory of God. Why should you continue reading the word of God? Why should you be faithful? Why should you give? Why should I want to be a good father? Why should I want to be a, a, a right pastor that leads well? Why should I want to be a good spouse? Why should you and I take any steps for the Lord? It's all about the glory of God. 
It's all about honoring the name of God. Notice the passage, if you will, John chapter, 20, John chapter 12, verse number 23, Jesus answered them. He answered Philip and Andrew. They came, hey, hey Jesus, there's some people that want to see you. And Jesus says this to them, hey, the, the hour has come. Right now it is time that the Son of Man should be glorified. We read the verses 27 through 30 just a minute ago where Jesus prayed. And he said, now my soul is troubled. And what shall I say? He said, hey, I'm, I'm in some, some troubling times right now. And what should I say? Should I say, Father, save me from this hour? Well, why would I say that? It's because of this hour that I came. That's what that phrase that, but for this hour, this cause came I into the, unto this world. So what does he pray? He prays, Father, glorify thy name. And then the voice from heaven says, I have both glorified it and will glorify it. Hey, it will continue to be glorified. And then Jesus said, this voice came not for my sake, but for your sakes. Why? Because it is all about the glory of God. And there's, again, there's so much more that we should and, or that we could say here. But in this conversation between Jesus and God the Father, we find the purpose of Jesus Christ being stated. The entire reason that Jesus Christ came is a twofold purpose. Why did Jesus die on the cross? Twofold purpose. Why did he raise again from the dead? Twofold purpose. What is it? To glorify God and to rescue sinners. That's what it was. That's the entire reason Jesus came because of his love for you, wanting to redeem you and me, wanting to buy back and wanting to give us salvation. But what was at the root of it? The glory of God. And you know what? We need to remember as believers, and again, there's so many more things we could talk about tonight. The one thing, and this is not new to us because we say it often, but the purpose of Jesus Christ is still our purpose today. What is that? Glorify God and reach the lost. That's the purpose. Glorify God and reach the lost. Why do we sometimes lose excitement in the Christian life? Because we forget it's about glorifying God and reaching the people. It's about glorifying God and reaching sinners. And we are most fulfilled when we are bringing God glory. I want us to consider tonight the idea of bringing God glory and help us understand that as a follower of Jesus, my life is truly fulfilled when I am pointing and lifting him up. As a church, this is something that we must not forget. Paul wrote to the believers in Rome. He said that ye may with one mind and one mouth glorify God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Can I say tonight that everything that we do as a church is for the glory of God? Amen. And that's what should be at the foundation. All of our services. I hope you leave encouraged. I hope you leave convicted and challenged. I hope you leave stirred. But the purpose behind the church service is, God, we just want to glorify you. All of our music, all the preaching, the outreach, the nursery, the banquets, our end of the city outreaches, our presentations, our tithing and missions giving and special giving and tracks and all the media and our Facebook and our Instagram and our uh, Twitter account and our building fund and the new property, our in-home fellowships, all of it. What is, what's it. What's it for? The purpose of glorifying him. And can I tell you tonight that in your life and in my life, may we never forget it's all about his glory. Hey, as a church, we celebrate 10 years. But church, don't forget, it's all for his glory. What's the second principle? Second principle I see in this passage tonight is don't forget that true life, true life happens after death. 
true life, and I'd say this way, true life only happens after death. Where do we see this? John chapter 12, verse 24 and 25. Of a truth, verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. He that loveth his life shall lose it. He that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto eternal life. In this verse, these verses, Jesus uses the image of a seed to illustrate an incredible spiritual truth that there is no life without suffering. There is no fruitful life without death. For the Christian, there is no victory without surrender. Think about a seed. A seed is weak and useless. But when a seed is planted, it dies and becomes fruitful. Literally, when a seed, well, I'll say it this way. If a seed could talk, I think a seed would complain. Why are you shoving me into the ground? Why are you covering me with dirt? Why are you... And then the seed begins to produce fruit. The fact of the matter is that there is both beauty and fruit when the seed dies and fulfills its purpose. But the only way that it can achieve that goal is by being planted. There is no life until there is death. Well, what does this mean for us? The same is true for the child of God. First of all, there is no eternal life except the death of Jesus Christ. There's no eternal life unless we believe on the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. You see, this world says religion can save you. Baptism can save you. This world says so many things can save you, but the, and culture says that, religion says that, but the scripture teaches only Jesus can save. And until you and I put our faith and our trust in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, we will never find eternal life. But that's not necessarily the principle that's being taught here. The principle that's being taught here is this. We, as his followers, we are the seeds. We are small. Sometimes we can be insignificant. But we have God's life in us. However, that life can never be fulfilled unless we die to ourselves. This is why these two verses go together. A seed cannot have life unless it dies. He that saveth his life shall lose it, but he that loseth his life, Luke wrote it this way, he that loseth his life for my sake shall find it. You know, the principle is that Jesus is getting across in these few verses. Hey, don't forget that true life only happens after death. Pastor Dennis, what does that mean for us? Listen, your life and my life never finds real fulfillment until we die to ourselves and yield to him. Until we say, God, what do you want me to do? God, what do you want for my life? God, what do you want for this week? God, what do you want for our church? God, what do you, that's yielding to him. And real life doesn't come unless it is first preceded by death. 
You see, Jesus challenges us to surrender our lives to him. Don't love your life and hold on to it. Why? Because you will lose it. Instead, love yourself less and daily surrender to him and you will find life. Paul wrote it this way to the believers at Galatia when he said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me in the life which I now live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. We will never find the fulfilled life until we die to ourselves and surrender to him. And you can choose to live for you or you can choose to live for him. A church can choose to live for itself or a church can choose to live for him. And when we choose to do things for us, we choose an unfulfilled life. But when we choose to die to self, and I'm not talking about dying to Brian's self, when we choose to die to self, we find true life. I love how one man wrote it. It's just an incredible statement. Comfortable or conformable? That is the question. If we are looking for comfortable lives, then we will protect our plans and desires, save our lives, and never be planted. But if we yield our lives and let God plant us, We will never be alone, but we'll have the joy of being fruitful to the glory of God. Another man said it this way, the beauty of spring never comes without the death of winter. You know, in your life, just like we talked about this morning, don't quit because you never know what's around the corner. Hey, there's some fruit waiting for you. There's some blessings from God waiting if we would just understand life happens after death. True life happens after death. What are some things we shouldn't forget? Number one, don't forget it's all about the glory of God. Number two, don't forget that it's true life happens after death. Number three, don't forget that serving God is worth it. Man, serving God is worth it. Verse number 26, if any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. But notice the last phrase, if any man serve me, him will my father honor. And I love this thought, and I won't be long on this point, but the word honor here, it means to revere and to recognize. You know what Jesus says? Hey, beyond the cross, this is before he went to the cross, but Jesus is saying to them, hey, if you will serve me, if you will claim me, if you will die to yourself and surrender to me, my father, your father, God the Father will honor you. He will revere you. He will highly respect the life that you are giving him. This isn't talking about uh, serving on a church staff. It's not talking about using your life to serve him through your church. Excuse me, it's not talking about just using your life to serve him through their church. This is simply saying when you use your life in any capacity to serve your heavenly father, God says, I will recognize that. And I don't know about you, but there's probably nobody else. I'll say it. There is nobody else that I want to have the respect of more than God. And God will never love me any more or any less than he does right now. We say that often, but God says, if you use your life for me, I promise, I promise I will honor you. And that honor may come in this life or it may not come in this life, but mark it down, my friend. If God promised it, God will keep that. And so what do we choose? We choose, do I serve God or do I serve myself? That's what Jesus said. And we need to just simply remember that serving God, it is worth it. 
as a believer and follower of Jesus and as a part of Moses Lake Baptist Church, I would tell you this, this, this evening, don't forget that serving God is worth it. It's, it's worth it to look back. Have there been challenges? Yes. Have there been hurts? Yes. Have there been disappointments? Yes. Have we been discouraged? Have you been discouraged in your Christian life? Yes. But there have also been souls that have been saved, people that have been baptized, money that has been given to missions, lives that have been changed, believers that have been strengthened, children that have been encouraged. There has been so much more that has taken place for the glory of God to prove to me and to prove to you that serving God, it's worth it. Using your life this week for God, it's worth it. Hey, don't forget that. Why? Because sometimes we get excited. We can get excited on a 10th anniversary Sunday. Man, if you weren't excited this morning and during the music Mike and I were talking about it today, you're, you need to turn the hearing aid up. You didn't hear it today. Glenn, I'm not picking on you. Don't look at me like that. Listen, the truth is, this morning, wasn't that music encouraging? Man, wasn't it a blessing this morning? And, and we looked around and just had a pack. We can get excited about, about, man, today, I'm fired up about serving the Lord. Yeah. But Wednesday morning, I need to wake up and I need to remember it's, it's exciting. It's good to serve the Lord today. Man, it's worth it to read scripture today. It's worth it to be a witness today. It's worth it to use my life for something greater than me. Why? I don't know, but God said he's gonna recognize it. I don't know how, but God's gonna honor it. Hey, don't forget, serving God is worth it. Number four, don't forget, we're pointing to Jesus. We're pointing to Jesus. I love these two verses. These actually are the two verses that we preached, that very first message. John chapter 12, verse 32 and 33, Jesus said, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto myself. I will draw all men unto me. This he said, signifying what death he should die. Jesus Christ spoke many times about his death upon the cross, and this is precisely what he's speaking about in this verse. And in this passage, I just want to summarize it up this way. Jesus was speaking of being actually lifted up on the cross. That's the context of the passage. He's saying, hey, if I be crucified, it will enable everybody to be drawn to me. That's what Jesus is saying. Because through his death, he would draw everyone towards him. Peter wrote it this way. God, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as Some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Listen, my friend, salvation in Jesus Christ is literally for every single person who is ever born. There are a lot of religions and different things out there that say, well, no, no, God picks and chooses who will be saved. That's not true. My Bible says all, multiple times. Now, does God know who will choose him? Yes. Romans 8, God is sovereign. Romans 9, God knows who's going to choose him. Romans 10, anybody can choose him. Romans 11, Paul says, this blows my mind. Because God doesn't go, you can be saved, you can't be saved, you can be saved, you can't be saved, you can be saved. God doesn't do that. It's for all. Well, how is salvation for all? Because Jesus was lifted up. He was crucified. So that's the context. But there's an incredible principle here that has been the foundation of what we've built our church on for a number of years. And what is that? If Jesus Christ is exalted, he still will draw people to him. You know what makes Christianity so peculiar? Because it's about one person. 
It's about one person. People go, why are you such a fan of this Jesus person? I mean, after all, what did he do? I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> why? Because he gave his life and he died on the cross. He was the perfect son of God. And you see, Jesus didn't come like other false religious teachers and say, hey, here's a bunch of things you can't do and I never did do, but I'm gonna claim to have done them. Now follow me. Jesus came and he said, I am perfect. I am the son of God. I'm gonna die, be crucified, and then I'm gonna raise myself from the dead. And when I do that, you'll know I'm telling the truth. And you know what? He did it. The fact of the matter is this, that all of these things, that we do at Moses Lake Baptist and in your Christian life, it's all about not only glorifying God, but it's about pointing to Jesus. It's about pointing to the cross. You know why our cross is the leaf coming out the side? Because there's life at the cross. Hey, there's life found at the cross. Why? Because Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. And this week, you're gonna have an opportunity to lift Jesus up. So don't forget Hey, don't forget it's about lifting him up. Don't forget it's about exalting him. Why do, why do we put so much emphasis on the, the cross of Jesus at the church? Why do we put so much emphasis on the blood of Jesus Christ? Because Jesus said, lift me up, exalt me, show people that cross, show people the resurrection, show people what I did, and I will draw them to me. Oh, my friend, let's not forget it. Man, don't forget we are here to point we point to Jesus so sinners can have him as a savior, but we also point to Jesus so saints can be reminded. You know what pointing to Jesus does? It helps sinners know they need him, but then it reminds me and you as believers of the motivation of his love for me. I think Easter, I'll be honest, as a pastor, that's a good thing for a pastor to do, <clears throat> be honest. I'm gonna lie today as a pastor. <laughs> I'm going to say that sometime and see if anybody just goes like that. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Easter, Easter and Christmas are probably the two hardest seasons to plan what to preach. Because Easter, it's like, well, pastor, we've heard about the resurrection. <laughs> Christmas, it's like, well, pastor, we've heard about the, the death of Jesus or the birth of Jesus. <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> I remember Mike and I were talking about his first Christmas messages just this last Christmas, and he's excited. And he's sitting in the office. He's like, oh, pastor, I've got this great plan, and I'm preaching this. I said, yeah, wait till you're about seven years in. <laughs> he's like, what do you mean? I was like, honestly, I have preached about the birth of Jesus Christ probably, I'm not exaggerating, probably 50 times. And this brain... This brain's not smart enough to think about one message, let alone 50. But you know what? I forgot where I'm going with all that. I just start talking about how stupid I am, man. I just... Do you realize how fast I regain attention? Yeah, I just go, man, pastor's an idiot. Everybody's like, ding, amen. Amen. Repeat that one. Pull a blimp, shake that bush and say that again. Uh, the truth is, I really still have no clue where I was going with the illustration. Huh? Oh, yeah, Christmas and Easter being hard to plan. Oh, that's what it was. Thanks, man. Look. ESP. They're so hard to plan for. But you know what? Easter for the believer and Christmas for the believer should never be boring. 
Why? Because it reminds me of his love. And it reminds me of his sacrifice. And that's why we lift up Jesus for sinners to be saved, but for the saved to be reminded, hey, you're loved. Four weeks from today is Easter. It's early this year. Can I tell you one thing that we're gonna do as a church family, and I hope you'll join me in it. We're gonna capitalize on Easter this year. Why? Because there are a lot of people who are hurting and need hope. And our church is gonna be open. And people can come. They can watch online. They can wear a mask or not wear a mask. They can shake hands or not shake hands. Listen, I don't care about all of that. You know what I care about? People coming in, people watching online, and people hearing the message of Jesus Christ. And sinners going, I need that. And saints going, I forgot about that. Can I just tell you, it's all about pointing to Jesus. Lastly tonight, last thing I wanna give to you. Don't forget What should we not forget tonight? Well, don't forget it's all about the glory of God. Don't forget true life happens after death. Don't forget serving God is worth it. Don't forget we're pointing to Jesus. But lastly is this, don't forget we are conquerors. You know what I simply wanna say with this? We win. We win. Our theme for the year is more than conquerors. Why? Romans 8, we win. You say, what are you talking about? John 12, 31. This is Jesus, six days. Not even six days, just really three or four days before he's gonna go to the cross. And Jesus says, now is the judgment of this world. And watch the last part. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. Listen, my friend, you know what took place on the cross of Jesus Christ? The devil celebrated Why? Oh, Jesus is dead. And the devil can't tell the future. Listen, you need to understand that. I understand that. The devil can't tell the future. The devil can line some things up and figure some things out. And he's, he is smart, but we give the devil too much credit. But when Jesus Christ died on the cross, the devil thought, hmm, I got him. But before the cross, Jesus said, hey, now is the devil judged. I can hear the devil going, what did he just say? Hey, what, did you guys catch that? Someone say, yeah, he said he's judging the world. Wait, but who else did he say? Oh, he said he's judging the, the prince of the world. And the devil going, what? what? What is he talking about? Here's what happened. When Jesus went to that cross, he conquered death because he died for our sins. He conquered the payment needed for sin because he died for our sins. And then three days later, he rose again and conquered everything. You see, because the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the death of Jesus, the burial of Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus, it's the nail in the coffin of the devil. See, before that, the devil thought, maybe I have a chance. The devil's read the Bible. He knows the same thing you know. Well, what's that? He loses. And if you're a follower of Jesus, you win. Hey, we are conquerors. Oh, not not because of your power. Not because you and I are God's gift to this world. Not because of anything special in you. Not because of anything special in me. No, we win because of Jesus. 
you're never a loser again. We are conquerors. Jesus said it this way, or John wrote it this way in 1 John 4, 4, when he said, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. We are truly more than conquerors through him that loved us. Can I tell you tonight, we have victory. So don't forget that. Every day, listen, every day, you are a conqueror. Every day, the God who created this world lives in you. Every day, the devil comes with temptation, but your God is greater. Every day, the devil comes with discouragement, but your God is greater. Every day, the devil comes with what we looked at this morning of mistreatment or fear, but your God is greater. Every day, heartache's going to come, but your God is greater. And you know what the fact of the matter is? We win. There's an old hymn written years ago, simply says, I'm on the winning side. You know what? You're on the winning side. Pastor, what what does that mean for everyday life? Tomorrow, you don't have to wake up and feel like a loser. Tomorrow, you don't have to wake up and and doubt that God's gonna use you. Tomorrow, you don't have to wake up and doubt that God's in control. Tomorrow, you don't have to wake up and go back to living in the flesh. Tomorrow, you don't have to wake up and be be a jerk husband or a jerk wife. Tomorrow, you don't have to wake up. Tomorrow, you can wake up and say, I'm living in a victorious Christian life. Why? Because I'm more than a conqueror through him that loved us. Two words this morning, don't quit. Two words tonight, don't forget. Don't forget what? Don't forget that you win. Don't forget that it's all about pointing to Jesus. Don't forget that serving God is worth it. Don't forget that dying to self is when real life happens. But most of all, don't forget It is all about the glory of God. Moses Lake Baptist Church, those of you that are regular attenders and members here, these are five things that I want to ask God to help us never forget. Because we can look at 10 years and be like, yeah, woohoo, praise God. Yeah, new property, all right, we're all excited. And then next week go, pastor, is the building built yet? I can call the city. Hey, are you guys going to do something for us yet? You're going to help us out with the, with the zoning? You're going to, and we could, oh, oh, we could huff and puff and get all frustrated. Or we can wake up tomorrow and not forget. And Tuesday, not forget. And Wednesday, and you get the idea. Every day, choosing to follow him, choosing to live for him, choosing to use my life for something greater, to me, greater, greater than me. Why? Because I haven't forgotten. I will say tonight that we should always take time to celebrate. It's good to take time and look back on blessings. That's why we call it looking back on blessings. That's good to do. But the looking back should stir us to move forward. This morning, don't quit. Tonight, don't forget. Thank you for listening to this message. We hope that it's been an encouragement to you. And if you'd like any further information about our church, we'd like to encourage you to visit mlbc.church.